A reading from the letter of St. Paul to the Philippians. Brothers and sisters, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that now at last you received your concern for me. You were, of course, concerned about me, but lacked an opportunity. Now that I say this, not that I say this because of need, I have learned in whatever situation I find myself to be self-sufficient. I know indeed how to live in humble circumstances. I know also how to live with abundance. In every circumstance and in all things, I have learned the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry, of living in abundance and of being in need. I have the strength for everything through him who empowers me. Still, it was kind of you to share in my distress. You Philippians, indeed, know that at the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, not a single church shared with me in an account of giving and receiving except you alone. For even when I was at Thessalonica, you sent me something for my needs, not only once, but more than once. It is not that I am eager for the gift. Rather, I am eager for the profit that accrues to your account. I have received full payment and I abound. I am very well supplied because of what I received from you through Epaphroditus, a fragrant aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. My God will fully supply whatever you need in accord with his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Verbum Domini Command. 
distance, he shall never be moved. The just one shall be in everlasting remembrance. Jesus said to his disciples, I tell you, make friends for yourselves with dishonest wealth, so that when it fails, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. The person who is trustworthy in very small matters is also trustworthy in great ones. And the person who is dishonest in very small matters is also dishonest in great ones. If therefore you are not trustworthy with dishonest wealth, who will trust you with true wealth? If you are not trustworthy with what belongs to another, who will give you what is yours? No servant can serve two masters. He will either hate one and love the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and mammon. The Pharisees who loved money heard all these things and sneered at him. And he said to them, you justify yourselves in the sight of others, but God knows your hearts. For what is of human esteem is an abomination in the sight of God. Bebum Domini. Is Jesus telling us to gain wealth through dishonest means? This might seem to be the case when he says, make friends for yourselves with dishonest wealth, so that when it fails, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. 
Now, on its own, this sentence makes very little sense. And I must admit that I've struggled to understand this passage for years. It's clear that our Lord cannot be encouraging the acquisition of dishonest wealth in order to be welcomed into heaven. You know, obviously, that doesn't make sense. So in order to more fully understand the words of our Lord, it is necessary to read them in the context of the preceding parable of the dishonest steward, which was the reading for Mass yesterday. The wealthy master of the dishonest steward calls his steward to account for squandering his property, you know, thus using the wealthy man's property for financial gain for himself at the master's expense. The master is preparing to fire him. And so the steward takes this opportunity, while he still has his position, to use his leverage in order to ingratiate himself with some of the master's debtors. He figures that if he shows favor towards some of these debtors, that they will welcome him into their homes, and he won't have to you know, labor to dig, as he says, I'm, I'm too weak to dig, and he won't, be able, he won't have to beg for what he needs. And the master commends the steward for what he does, not for his dishonesty, but for acting prudently. The steward makes friends for himself with dishonest wealth. Now, when Jesus says to his disciples to make friends for themselves with dishonest wealth, he is not ad advising them to be dishonest or even to take advantage of wealth gained through dishonest means. Rather, he is warning them of the inevitable failure of wealth, whether or not it is gained honestly. One's wealth alone has no power to save oneself. It is better to do what is right and just with one's wealth in order to be welcomed into eternal dwellings. As the dishonest steward make, made friends by means of dishonest wealth so that he might be received into temporal dwellings, so the disciples of Christ should use their wealth properly in gaining spiritual friends so that they might be received into eternal dwellings. The responsible way of using wealth is not through squandering it or extorting it from others, but rather using it for righteous purposes, such as almsgiving and charitable service. We make fr spiritual friends, gaining merit through our works of charity, as long as we are in a state of sanctifying grace. Jesus then draws the proverbial line in the sand. One cannot serve two masters. He will either love one and hate the other or be devoted to one and despise the other. And if we choose to serve God, then we cannot give ourselves over entirely to serving wealth. The overaccumulation of goods and wealth for oneself is incompatible with serving God. 
Likewise, one cannot be entirely devoted to the acquisition of wealth while at the same time being completely devoted to God. If we do not show ourselves trustworthy in small matters with material wealth, then we cannot be trusted in greater matters with spiritual wealth. Wealth is supposed to be a means to an end and not an end in itself. And there are some who make a god out of their money to their detriment. It becomes their primary concern to acquire as much wealth for themselves as possible, perhaps seeking comfort for themselves. And as as faithful Catholics, we are to be good stewards of the wealth that we have been given in order to act rightly in the service of God and neighbor as a matter of justice. And as pilgrims in this earthly life, we use the things of this world, as St. Paul says, as if we are not using them. We possess things as if we are not possessing them. We work to avoid any attachments to material goods so that we might be more free to imitate Our Lady and willingly cling to the only good that is eternal, the Blessed Trinity.